This is a podcast from Your Dubai 92. Welcome to another podcast, and we were busy this week. We went head-to-head on Two Topic Tuesday yet again. Yeah, it was a tough one. We talk lockdown skills. We won't be taking forward with us. In fact, we'll be leaving them behind during this new norm. Also, some unwanted wild intruders in your home. And your favourite, George, stupid injuries. If only I had some of my own to share. Also, Nadia's news quiz to wrap it all up for the week. And you can email us anytime about whatever you fancy. Breakfast at Dubai92.com. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast. With George and Kitch. Jigsaws are a complete and utter waste of time. How dare you? Jigsaw puzzles. Who on earth finds joy? Out of jigsaw puzzles. I found this because one of our colleagues, Serena, who works at the ARN News Centre, had a, a, a jigsaw of a very famous uh, Japanese wave, an artwork. And her husband had finished it in relatively quick time. I know her kids have been doing it. So I thought, oh, you know, I, I better get into what's on trend every now and again. Might make a TikTok video, might make a jigsaw. It's whatever it's what all the kids are doing these days. How are both of those working out for you? Well, TikTok's a lot more fun. I've got to be honest, because th- this is what was so frustrating about this jigsaw. And I now find out that it's actually your jigsaw. I didn't realise there's some communal jigsaw that's going around the office, producer Rog. Yes, it's mine. So you've got the... Bo- I understand that you've got the pieces inside and you need to work on the outline first. Yes. So, so I've got the outline. But it was really hard because the square box I had in front of me, I was working off, wasn't actually the whole jigsaw picture. You had to turn the box over. Yes. And then there was like a 16 by 9 ratioed picture with all this different stuff on the outside that was blowing my mind because I thought you just look at what's on the front of the box as to what the jigsaw is. Savages. (laughs) How hard is that? Because I'm going, no, this doesn't make sense because I've got all those blue pieces in the bottom right-hand corner and theoretically on the front, that only takes up one quarter of the bottom, which means I need a table about nine metres long because this is... Futile. How far did you get with it then? I've got the outside done. And the rest of it, I'm like, uh, there's no joy in this. How, how do you find any joy? It's too frustrating because I had all the pieces matched up at the top, but they didn't match. And then I realised because it's all yellow one border and all the pieces look identical, I'd had pieces that weren't meant to be together together, even though they'd fitted in properly. You've been so. Have you been cramming them in? Like trying no, to I didn't make, even cram oh, them goodness. in. Just drop them in. For the jigsaw back. Oh, you don't need to do that if you've got a pair of scissors. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> no, I just dropped them in. <laughs> I can make and it. And they work. <laughs> you've already done this jigsaw. Why do you need to do it again? You never know. So Where, I, I where's know, the jigsaw now? It's in my place. It's on the dining room table. Okay. And the outline's there, but that's as far as I'm going. I just don't get the. What, how is there joy in this? <laughs> Satisfaction. How, how, how does anyone find joy in putting these pieces together? We'll get you a Wes Wally jigsaw. They're much more fun. Ooh. Jigsaw's a jigsaw. All depends on the picture. But th- this put me off because here I am working on a picture that wasn't actually the picture. I'll bring it in tomorrow because I'm not going to get any further with it. And you can look at the front and the back and correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong about how frustrating this would be. We're going to get your nice six-piece one, big pieces, and see how you get on with that. Oh, I can get that, but where's the joy in it? <laughs> it's your Dubai 92 Breakfast with George and Kitch. My review for this week is Gone. Not Gone Girl, Gone from 2012, a suspense thriller. And what I liked about this, it certainly did have the suspense. It has Amanda Seyfried starring as Jill Parrish, who comes home one night from a night shift to discover her little sister is missing. He broke into my house, took my sister because I wasn't there. Why would he come back for you? I'm the only one that got away because I know his secret. 
last year. A hiker spots Joel covered in mud, screaming about how some guy snatched her out of bed and threw her down a hole out in the woods someplace. We throw everything at it. Guess what? Nothing. It doesn't exist. So Jill thinks that her kidnapper has taken her sister. The police don't believe there was a kidnap in the first place. So you go from, oh, who did it? to, oh, did it even happen? It's really good. How is this different from Taken with Liam Neeson? Because it hasn't got Liam Neeson in oh, it. Oh, there we go. So with a particular is, set of skills. Yeah. Essentially, she's got the same set of skills. I liked it a lot, and it goes quickly. It's you know one of those you're not checking your watch or your phone. They're my favourite. That's you're what involved. good movies should be. <laughs> exactly what a movie should be. So for me, out of 92, I'm going to give it a solid 68. That's a good score. Yeah. And Amanda Siegfried's a good actress. She is. She's really very good. I think she's quite underrated, actually. What's she been in? Loads of stuff. Can you name one of them? I... Yes. Yes, I can. The one with the ABBA songs. Mamma Mia. She was in that, wasn't she? <laughs> You had to think of the name of that. But <laughs> <laughs> Usually when someone goes to the movie with the ABBA songs, they know that it's called Mamma Mia. Uh, Big Love House, American Dad. Oh, she's more a TV actress. She's good, though. Have, I got, have I got the wrong actress? There's no, Amanda maybe Z- not. Seyfried? Yes. S-E-Y-F-R-I-E-D. Yeah, That's the one. But there's no stigma anymore about being a TV actress. After everyone was getting all SpaceX over the last week. Doug and Rob. Yeah, we were looking at going into space. It made me drag out the movie I wanted to watch for Movie Monday. It's a film about 20 years old, and I never saw it, but I remember my dad said he watched it and it made him cry. Right. Because he got so emotional. Oh, Papa Kitchen. He loved it because it's set in a tiny, tiny Australian town of Parks, which, well, today has 11,000 people, but back in 1969 probably had half that many. It's four and a half hours' drive from Sydney. It is in the middle of nowhere. It is a tiny sheep station essentially. But back in 1969, NASA flew out their best technicians and set up a 65-metre telescope to use this town as the one place on Earth to beam the pictures from Apollo 11 down and then back to the NASA space station so 600 million people around the world could see what was happening on board the first men in space. So it was of geographical importance. Completely. Here's just a bit of a tease of the Australian movie called The Dish. We are still go with Apollo 11. The world was about to witness the greatest feat in scientific history. This is the incredible true story of what we didn't see. Parks Australia had the only dish on Earth capable of broadcasting the moonwalk. What's it doing in the middle of a sheep paddock? You'll be able to hear Armstrong talking to Houston? Just by... Hitting a couple of buttons there. The unthinkable happened. Control panel's dead. Sorry, folks. Have it fixed in a jiffy. Without a signal. Let me get this straight. We've lost Apollo 11. So it stars Sam Neill and another American actor called Patrick Warburton, who you might know. He's been in Seinfeld. He's the voice of Joe on Family Guy. But essentially what you're looking at here is the cultural differences between the seriousness of NASA and the politicians there. They've got to make sure this goes right. But then you've got laid-back farm folk. Aussie, ah, she'd be right, mate. We'll just flick a few switches and, yeah, mate, we'll be able to... Fix it a jiffy. Fix it a jiffy, mate. No problems. So it's a fantastic movie when you see just two different cultures come come together. And it also takes you back to a simpler time. It takes you back to those times when families had time on the weekend to make bread. And that's what 
made me really enjoy it because it was going back to the 60s when everyone talked about, yeah, everyone was more relaxed and in a better place. And I really enjoyed it called The Dish if you want to get a, a space fix that's not really a, a space nerdy film. So if Crocodile Dundee was in space... Yeah, it's reverse Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's so like you're watching the NASA guys and all their serious technology. Come to Crocodile Dundee. Just with a couple of farm people that are too, when the, you're looking for them to do a run through of the technology, are too busy playing cricket on the dish. How many out of 92, please, for the score? Yeah, I've got to give this... Uh, I'm going to give it 74 out 74? of 92. I, li- I liked it. There's, I mean, I'm patriotic because there's something warm and fuzzy about an Aussie film, but I'd revisited it. It, it shows you the, the, the joy of... A behind-the-scenes look into Apollo 11. We have Lucy on the phone. Hello. Hello. Lucy, oh, very just, chipper. Just to confirm, Lucy ends in a Y, so it's it's Lucy, not Lucy. It is. <laughs> Good. Got it right. How often do you get this and how often does it irritate you? Quite a lot, actually. <laughs> well, welcome. Yeah, do you think of your parents each time? Why couldn't you just give me a normal name with a normal spelling? I know. <laughs> could be worse. You could have a dude's name. You've seen a movie that I'm booked in to see at uh, Drive-In on Thursday, Invisible Man. How was it? It was amazing. I wasn't expecting too much, but my husband said, come on, let's go see it. And we went and it was fantastic. It was Really, really spooky. I don't think it should have been a 16 because we were jumping out our seat. Ooh. And um, the ending had the most amazing twist. I can't say any more because I'll give it away. But definitely, definitely worth going to see. This one, it's Elizabeth <laughs> Moss, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, she was very good. Nice. Yeah, she's a great actress. Everything she's done turns yeah. to gold. She's fantastic. Oh, I'm looking yeah. forward to this. Exactly yeah, the brilliant. kind of thing I like. Now, now Lucy, <laughs> are you a northerner? Um, well, I actually am. I'm from Harrogate. Well, there we go. Harrogate's lovely. <laughs> Just the it tradition <laughs> continues of only northerners on the phone. What's the tea place in Harrogate? Remind me, Lucy. What's what, sorry? The tea place in Harrogate. Oh, Betty's. Betty's. I love them and I love their we chocolate love a, coins. love a Betty's. Love a yeah. Betty's. Hopefully it won't be too long before we can have another. Thank you ever so much for coming on the show. It's your Dubai 92 Breakfast. With George and Kitch. I'm going to tell you about a movement and then ask you your experiences as a dude, Kitch. Oh, I love these. Is this a girl guy thing? Not exactly, but I mean, it, it kind of has to be. But let me explain. It's the hashtag make my size movement. This is a blogger. She is behind the 12-ish style fashion blog, Katie Serino, and she's had enough of going to different clothing stores and stuff just being entirely different sizes, entirely different fits. So what she's doing is she's taking a picture and the bravery, I applaud her, of, you know, like a top that doesn't fit, there's one arm in or a bit of the dress fits and then the rest is just hanging around the waist and she's tagging the clothes store that she tried it on at and saying, make my size. Like, who is this fitting? It just doesn't fit normal women. Because this is really true. Like, I'll be a completely different size in one shop to the other. Some shops just do not fit me at all. I'm just the wrong type of human for their clothes, We've, all, we've all been there. So is it as bad for guys as well? Yeah, 100%. Like every single shirts, trousers, shorts, always, always different in every single shop. I don't think it's quite that bad. But it is frustrating when you go in and 30, a 36 waist. I go in and get a 36 waist and it feels like I'm wearing elephant's pants. They're massive. Well, that's strange. I can't go and get a 34. And then they'll fit really well. And then you go into the next shop and you're a 38. <laughs> yeah. And you can't work out, you know, 36 would be fine. Or when they, or then they walk in and they, 
they actually judge me because I go, oh, I'm a 36, and they, they look at me up and down and they go, no. <gasps> I would never go in that shop and again. And it was like, no, nah, 34, 32 maybe. I was like, listen, pal, i got some thick tree trunks here to get these pants over. 36. Uh. And then, uh, yeah, it happens all the time. You, 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 can't, you can't tell. So you don't know your own body. Really? I've been in it a while. I uh, know. I know where the flaws are, mate. I can tell you. I can <laughs> rattle off a list of where they are. No, I don't think this is a girl thing. I, I, I think the difference is guys aren't experimental too much. It's usually just shorts, pants, shirt, collared shirt, polo shirt, hoodie. I mean, it's pretty much the gamut. Yeah. We're not wearing dresses, which is, I think, where it tends to be. What can work for your body There's type and your shape? There's a few areas to work around with exactly. the ladies. I think that's the difference. Yeah, Roger, are you in agreement with this? Absolutely, I am. Um, I find it very difficult to find the right dress. It's just my hips. Yeah, They're all wrong. But also, your Way wife off. shops for you, so uh, she does <laughs> exactly, take out yeah. all the uh, aggro. <laughs> strapless would suit you <laughs> of all the dresses. Yeah, yeah, that's where you're going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think more so. Of a bandow kind of kind of guy, but you know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> when he walks into my shop, I'm going to say no. Your Dubai 92 Breakfast with George and Kitch. In what is, I think, a peak 2020 moment. Oh, no. No. No more. Well, well this is to do with tech. See, around this time of year, uh, you know, tech nerds like me love it because the big thing that comes up is the WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference with Apple. And whilst that sounds nerdy... Is it in Vegas? No, I think that's the CES. Right. That's a different one. But this is really Apple's Worldwide Develop Conference where they show you a whole bunch of new stuff. Quite often they'll tease a new iPad. They'll give an insight to the new phone that's going to be coming out in September, and it's the whole thing. What's different is because of COVID-19, this is the first one where every tech blogger doesn't get to be part of the junket by getting a first-class flight to San Francisco and being able to talk about how good Apple is going to be over the next 12 months and then writing about it instantly within seconds of the announcement and then flying back home. True, but if there was ever a group set up to do this online, surely it's these guys. This is the irony of 2020 <laughs> that all these guys have finally it's come back to roost. They're no longer getting the, the long black limousines to the airport and the first class flights. Well, you don't need to because Apple is going to be showcasing all of the video conferencing technology that we do and how they're going to be learning about this on the video conferencing technology. So it, there's a sense of irony here. That you wanted to be a blogger. That maybe <laughs> that if you wanted to be a blogger to get all these fancy invitations and you've been working so hard this year talking about new technology, I think it's finally come through 60 where now even you are no longer going to be able to travel in style to talk about the new home learning video conference technology. <laughs> but with the Apple stores reopening soon, you can just get down there and pay for it like everyone else has always had to. Yeah, they will be. Look, there's going to be a few more things, uh, software and phones. But the one thing that is going to change, Apple are releasing AirTags. So these are, there was a brand called Tile have something similar. So AirTags are sort of something that you might want to stick on a bag or something important that if you ever lose it, if someone else has an Apple product and is in the vicinity, they'll be able to pick up the last place you left it. Right, and you've got to trust them to give it back to you. No, it just comes up on your phone. Okay. So just say you've got a set of keys, you might have an Apple AirTag. You leave it in the back of a Kareem. As long as there's someone else's Apple device... They will, it will use... Oh, so you just piggyback off it for the location. Piggyback off it and then you open right. up your phone and you go, oh, I left it in the Kareem and it's currently in Business Bay. 
Right, I got the wrong end of the stick there. I thought it was another Apple user going to be contacted. Can you go and pick that up for them, please? No, no, they don't get contacted. You get notifications to where it is, and you can follow it along the map. Then that's a good idea, like that thing in your wallet that looks dodgy. Oh, yeah, the tile. Yeah, it looks very dodgy. It's a big bulge in the back of my... Anyway, I won't talk about that. Yeah. Good times. Your Dubai 92 Breakfast with George and Kitch. We're talking about the times when you're a bit of a hero. When you just rescued everyone or just yourself from an intruder. Kind of like that uh, gecko that I had in my apartment for up to three months. I don't know. Got him out in the end. Where were you when you had the gecko? Where were you living? I was living on the palm, two blocks down, where I've just moved from. And he was living, well, wherever he pleased around the apartment, it turned out, which was creepy. He was green, wasn't he? No, he was was kind of beige, almost opaque. It was... Ew. But I got him out in the end with the help of a Tupperware. Yeah, I love the geckos. I usually like them, but this one, not for me, because you just saw him out the corner of your eye. So I didn't name him. But my actual moment, my spotlight time, was at my sister's when a bird flew in the window. Mm -hmm. And everyone got really freaked out. Because she had a couple of friends over as well. Yeah. So it was just a load of ladies. Because ah! bird, the bird was flapping and panicking and the women are flapping and panicking. And for some reason, I just switched into sort it mode, went and got a towel. Look at you, just taking leadership. No, but you know when you can just see it happening, you're like, how am I doing this? This is amazing. So I got this towel straight over the bird, bird straight out the window, shut the door and literally like dusted the uh, shoulders off. There you go, ladies, you're welcome. Oh, I was so proud of that. Why do people get so scared of birds? It's just the not knowing what to do and you're seeing it kind of hurting itself, slamming back yeah. into a window and it's, oh, it's, it's all it's... just a bit... Ah! See, I, I had one place where this bird came in and just did its business everywhere, like I left the balcony open for a little bit. Ooh, that's but it decided to come in and I looked and I was like, I was in the kitchen and I walked out and there was a bird just walking in the lounge room, not flying, not scared, took ownership and we, look, we had a moment, we looked at each other and I was like, you're not meant to be in here. And the bird was like, this is my place now. And then eventually the bird look knew what me. it was doing. I'm your captain now. The bird flew out and then I looked around and the bird had left a bit, left a bit of fun all around the place and made me clean up. And I was like, you knew exactly what you were doing. That spite, yeah. pure spite left all it over is. your living room. It was an Indian minor bird and no one likes those back home. No, no one does. No one likes the Indian minor well, that's birds. that's why, because they're vicious and they're mean. Savages, everyone knows they, it. They get in where they're not supposed to be. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Super. How are you? We're going really well, Karen. Now, you grew up on a farm. Whereabouts was the farm you grew up on? So I'm uh, in Connemara in Ireland. And what, what sort of farm was it? Was it a sheep station? I think it was an expensive hobby for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. So what happened? So we have, we have, we, um, it's actually quite a fun, funny story. So it's like an open farm with lots of animals. But when my baby, I have a baby brother. And when he was quite young, um, a goat came to the house. Um, a billy goat, like a big billy goat gruff is maybe what the best way to describe him. A big long uh, beard, big curly horns. And he came into into the the lounge of the house and into like uh, the kitchen. And my brother was petrified, and he was like screaming and shouting. And um, when we were younger, we used to tell him that if he's not good, Billy is going to come and get him. And he would just lose the plot, run upstairs really quickly, and hide in the the hot press. So um, <laughs> it was very funny. Do you par- How is he now? 
He's still scared of ghosts. Of course he is. <laughs> Do your parents still have the farm now? Yeah, yeah. I'm going home there for the summer, so it's going to be really exciting. Lots of, uh, lots of, uh, I guess, mucking out stables and shearing I'm, sheep I'm so, and all so, of the. So envious, yeah, I'm so envious of you going back to Ireland. That'd be fantastic for the summer. Are you allowed to kind of go to Ireland and get back in? Have you got all the clearance? Yeah, well, hopefully by the time um, September comes around, um, everything will be back to normal. Yeah, fingers crossed. So. Fingers crossed. Yeah, love yeah. it. All that weather you're going to have in the greenery. I know, and it's the sun is shining. I hopefully it's going to stay that way for a few more weeks when I go home. Well, it's Ireland. I mean, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, you'd better watch your karma around the goats. <laughs> no, no, we don't even have goats in the farm. It was a wild one coming down from the mountains. I so, think um... definitely, Karen, you have got to be declared today's chit chat. You know, you're going to go close to being the chit chat champion of the week, but you're certainly the chit chat champion of today. Congratulations. Woo! I'm so happy. Thank you. It's your Dubai 92 Breakfast. With George and Kitch. This week's Two Topic Tuesday. Yeah, well, like a couple of uni students in here ferociously trying to work up the deadline, uh, punching out a 10,000-word assignment because I'm, uh, uh, I've got a bit of writer's block with my Two Topic Tuesday. How's the word count? Can you make the font uh, bigger? Look, yeah, I, I think I've got too many words. But that problem, I've got to try and I've, I've got too much of the first topic, and then I've got I've worked up from the bottom, and and now I've just got to find some way to just just shove these things to, together. I spent a long time going down what I thought was a dead end, but I've managed to crawl my way out of it. Basically, what happens is we get set two topics and we've got to get from one to the other in two minutes as creatively as possible. Producer Roger set the topics for myself and Kitch today, so we're going to see how we get on and by whatever scoring system it is he's using today, who's the winner? Rog, the topics that you set me. Yes, indeed. I set you the topics. Border Collie... And Dick Van Dyke, the actor. Border Collie. Well, I mean, we've been speaking about Dick Van Dyke because we had the chimney cakes, haven't we? Yes. And we had a listener on that has Border Collie this oh, week. Yeah, yes. I love Border Collies. They're great dogs. They are great dogs. Right. Topical. Here we go then. I have two minutes to get from one to the other, and Rog will score me, and then Kitch is going to go in a couple of minutes' time. <clears throat> the Border Collie dog is a working and herding dog bred. Breed developed in the Scottish borders for herding livestock, especially sheep. It was specifically bred for intelligence and obedience, so is perfect for agility training. Agility is defined as an athlete's ability to move at an accelerated pace in one direction and then instantly decelerate and shift position within a matter of seconds. It is the one facet of sports training that can separate a good athlete from a great one. You can often see footballers doing agility training with cone drills in practice, especially now that football is back on, as is whatever rugby league Kipch mentioned this week, I forget, and soon basketball, cricket and Formula One will return too. They do look set to be spectatorless for a while, though, so you'll be cheering or crying on the sofa for your team. My team is Watford FC, which is the main and some say only thing I have in common with show favourite Sir Elton John. (laughs) He is not known for any sporting prowess himself, but he does love him a tracksuit. This practice of active wear as leisure wear is now widespread across the globe. And frankly, I blame it for starting humanity on the slippery slope that led to the lady shopping in Troitham's in her pyjamas yesterday. Some supermarkets in the UK have actually had to ban people from wearing their nightwear around the store. But at least it's better than the guy who was thrown out for going in just in his pants. 
When I say pants, I mean underwear, which can be confusing for some, such as Americans who use the word to signify trousers. <laughs> there are many words which have different meanings in different countries. For example, thongs, which still startles me every time Kitsch says it. The flip-flop or thong, is another form of casual wear, which is great for the beach and hence not of so much use in the UK. The term flip-flop has been used in American and British English since the 1960s to describe the thong or no-heel strap sandal. It is an onomatopoeia of the sound made by the sandals when walking in them. The modern flip-flop became popular in the US as soldiers returning from World War II brought Japanese zori back with them. In 2019, the flip-flop market in the United States was valued at approximately 3.5 billion US dollars. <whistles> to give you some perspective on that, Frozen 2 took 1.5 billion dollars at the box office last year. Highest grossing animated movie of all time. Disney have been raking it in with a golden rake for decades, though. Classic Mary Poppins alone has grossed $102.3 million overall, and at the time it was released, it brought in over eight times what it cost to make. Cha-ching! As we all know, though, the most notable thing about Mary Poppins is the terrible Cockney accent. Apparently that's what happens when you have an Irish coach who has never even heard of a Cockney, let alone heard one speak, of the chimney sweeper Bert, which earned the honour of being second place... Sean Connery and the Untouchables took the top spot on the Empire list of worst accents of all time for actor Dick Van Dyke. Done. Bad. Done. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Score. Was that, was that a three minute or was no, that a two minute? Four, I think five, five even. Two. Maybe a six minutes. Two. I wrote down zero 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 fifty. When we started, it's definitely at three fifty. Anyway, it was very good. We got a bit of sports chat in there. George, love the information about border collies. Uh, Elton John, oh, yeah. Yeah. Elton always, always gets bonus the points when yes. PJ gets a mention. <laughs> PJs and pants, nice bit of alliteration. Uh, the US English uh, Australian language confusion. Onomatopoeia, my favourite word, and a great link back to Disney. We all knew where you were going after that <laughs> with Bert's terrible accent. I'm going to give you. I'm using the Apache. Uh, scoring system this nice, week. Nice, solid. Yeah, solid. I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you 64. Very solid. I'll take 64. Okay, alrighty then. I think I've got this. Yeah? yeah. Oh, confidence. I reckon I've got this one. <laughs> the topics, Rog. Linking the paperclip to Tom Jones. Are we ready to go? Absolutely. Yes. I'm excited. The paperclip. The paperclip is a device used to hold sheets of paper together and is usually made of steel wire bent to a looped shape. According to the Early Office Museum, the first patent was awarded to Mr Samuel Fay in 1867, although at the time it was used for fabric. Little did he know an entire seven series of MacGyver would be able to be made on the back <laughs> of what one man can do with a paperclip. Some are coloured and some are covered in plastic, and although the name is the paperclip, like MacGyver says, it has many different users to unclog a salt shaker, change the SIM card in your iPhone, reset electrical items, and my favourite, to fix a broken zipper. The zipper, known as a zipper, zippy, a diggy, or a fly, is a commonly used device for binding the edges of fabric or fabric of other flexible material. As always is the rule, if it's going to break, 
it breaks when you need it most. <laughs> Such as when you're late for a flight and you have too much in your suitcase. Bang, it breaks. But the most common use of the zipper is at the front of denim jeans. Denim jeans, or just jeans, are a type of pants and trousers that were invented by not just Levi Strauss, but his mate Jacob W. Davis. The two men made clothes out of bolts of cloth and copper rivets used to reinforce the point of stress. Famously, the denim jeans have morphed into shirts, jackets, as well as pants. And whilst the social acceptance of these are debatable, there is one fascist statement that is without equal in its uniform social disdain, the denim blue jeans and the white sneakers. No one publicly would ever dare go out with these, except for one man. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is an American observational stand-up comic who created what many believe to be the greatest sitcom of all time. Seinfeld, known for his what's the deal kind of comedy, Seinfeld is regarded as the most popular person in celebrity sneaker culture, with over 500 of them. While Seinfeld's fashion is most certainly stuck in the 90s, the popularity of his television show isn't. In 2017, Seinfeld signed an estimated $100 million deal with Netflix for the rights of his great show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. $100 million is also the number of records sold by the legendary Sir Tom Jones. Born Thomas John Woodward, Tom Jones is regarded for having a full-throated, robust baritone, whom once was the envy of Elvis Presley, who wished he sang like Sir Tom. 100 million records and 46 UK top 10 hits later, it is Sir Tom who yesterday celebrated his 80th birthday. Boom! Very good. What are you saying, Rog? Some nice info in there. Less links in the chain, I have to say. It was... By a paperclip. It was shorter, but not by much. Uh... One, two, three. Yeah, I only got four topics, five topics there. Whereas George, I lost count. <laughs> um, the scores. I think you made up celebrity sneaker culture. I don't think that's a thing. And you also forced an impression in there. One of your three that you can do, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> but celebrity sneaker culture is a massive thing. <laughs> I'm going to go simply because we had Elton John, alliteration, no. and onomatopoeia. It's 58 Where's to Kitch. Vi- it's 64 oh, to George. George with video replay me. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast. With George and Kitch. The skills that you gained, your hard-earned skills from lockdown that you never want to use again. For me, sewing. I actually got the sewing kit out for the first time you in never told many, me many that. months. Really? Yeah. I had a really nice pair of, I mean, I still do, Ted Baker pyjamas that I got for Christmas oh, from my sister that I chose fancy. myself. They were fancy, actually. You know, when you've got that nice nightwear, it just makes you feel a little bit fancier. Like Saturday evening, I like to have fresh sheets and you put on your clean, nice pyjamas. You feel like you're fresh and going into the week ahead. And they came apart a little bit down the seams. So I got out the sewing kit and I've got all of these colours. So I picked one out very specifically so it matched. I was yeah. really chuffed. I had exactly the right colour. And I sat there and I did it all really carefully. The state of it, the colour was nothing like it. And it's, I mean, they're still really nice pyjamas. It's only a little bit of sewing. But every time I get them out the drawer now, I just go, oh... Oh. One of my fears of being in Dubai is that I'm going to stop doing those things because there's always someone that'll do it for you. It seems to be that's the yeah. Dubai life. No, you'll just order in. You'll service out. That's just how it works. Well, not only will someone do it for you, they'll come pick it up from you. 
sick, fix it and then bring it back. And then bring it back. You don't have to do a thing. Yeah, or well, my mum, because that's basically what my mum does. She makes curtains and cushions and stuff, and she's amazing at it. I haven't inherited that. It's not in my DNA. So I think I'm just going to have to leave that to her again and fix stuff, but have someone else fix the nice stuff because otherwise I'm just going to ruin it. I cannot match colours. I've never been able to. I wouldn't even worry for me if it was so properly, even if it was red, yet the the material was burgundy. I'd be like, still did it. Oh, no, it's ruined it. Ruined it aesthetically for me. So can you wear the, the PJs again or is that it? They're I gone. I haven't worn them since. No, I will. Gone. Toss them out. You can't. No, you they're can't, almost you can't, brand new. No, you can't wear those, George. Oh, no, I feel you, like You've mucked up the colours. They need to go straight in the bin that is the only place worthy of them. So I'm not sure that it's exactly a skill, but it's something that I did <laughs> during lockdown that I don't want to do again. Plus it'll remind me of the bad times. What about you? Would it be bread? Yeah, well, technically, not bread essentially, but any food or bread that needs resting. I've got no time now. <laughs> the cookies. I did 24-hour cookies. That's never happening again. Let me tell you that. Sourdough, you know where you might need to make it rise and let it sit and proof. That's. I'll make pizza or you know, bread or bread again if it's just the case of combine, put in the oven. I'm good yeah. with that. But when you've got to let it rest for two hours and then adjust it for another two hours, then put in a cold spot for 24 hours, and that, that's that's gone. Yeah, and if anyone says to me again about making your own yeast... No. It's a no from it's me. It's like, at what, what point do you make your own flour? It's like if I'm cooking, what do I have to grow my own cow? At what point do we, <laughs> do we go back and have to raise our animals or plant the seeds for the herbs that we need? We have the technology. Let's use it. George and Kitch. On your Dubai 92 breakfast. I've joined a step-up competition with a bunch of people here at work. Which is what? It's not a, it's not a dance like the movie Step Up, is no, it? No, it's to do with the, the Fitbit challenge. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, why? Did you think I was going to be in some sort of dance-off? I was hoping for some urban moves. Well, I mean, but that can be arranged. Maybe that's the next challenge. No, the Step Club Recharge Challenge is all to do with everyone here at the radio station and our bigger parent company, uh, Dubai Holdings. And I just need to uh, look at our team radio stations, and let's be honest... Old mate Kitch here, after one day, is already doing the heavy lifting for our team. This is, is really no disappointing. doing it? No, I've just got to say that I'm averaging 10,000 steps a day. But people like Serena from the ARN News Centre, 3,000 yesterday. This needs to be publicly shamed. I'm, doing, I'm, I'm trying to win Amazon vouchers for everyone here. She's trying to get the news out there during a pandemic. What's amazing about the Step Challenge is all the different parts of the companies are ranked. Now, radio stations are ranked 13 out of the uh, 20 companies that are taking part. Not good. Number one, with a distinct advantage over everyone else, are members of our parent company who work in shopping malls. <laughs> Air-conditioned comfort. You're just walking around the shopping mall each day, doing your steps, not having to go outside in the heat. It's rigged, I say. Someone in mall management knew what they were doing. They're averaging 18,000 steps a day. Oh, yeah, but you're back. Mall floors are punishing. Have you walked outside in this heat to try and get your 10,000 steps up? Not recently, no, because I don't have a Fitbit. Gyms aren't closed. Gyms, I can't go to the gym and get on the treadmill. Oh, maybe some gyms are open. Oh, no, you know do- what you do? Roger, where are your dogs? Are they at home? They are at home, mate. So, next week, you bring in your dogs yes. and they take it in turns to wear Kitch's Fitbit and run yes. around in circles. Genius. Voila. I had, a, I had a friend who worked for a football team and put his heart rate monitor on the dog. Yeah. For that same reason, so the steps go up. And they called him in pre-season going, listen, we've been looking at your heart rate and, look, 
you've got to come back early. We've got to do some tests. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to do some tests on you. Something's you, you're going at about 240 beats a minute here. Something something's not right, man. Something's not right. He had to say, "Look, I had it on the dog. Sorry, let's try to get my steps up." I still think it's a good plan, though. It is. Bring the dogs in next week, and we'll be in Amazon vouchers for everyone thanks to the Step Up Challenge. It's not cheating; it's inventive. It's your Dubai ninety-two breakfast with George and Kitch. We're talking today about stupid injuries. What have you done that is so stupid, so mundane? What's made you end up somewhere in a in a doctor's office and you have to embarrassingly go? I sorry, it was a million to one shot, doc, and I sat on this and it didn't mean to get where it shouldn't have been. I broke my arm climbing a tree at football practice. Why were you... Why? Don't know. I was eight years old. Oh, well. I was playing for the uh, the Gordon Kangaroos, beautiful blue and white strip that we had. <laughs> of and uh, after practice, I just think I just decided to climb a tree. And uh, I fell out of the branch and I thought, no, don't try and land on your feet, Lachlan. Try and put your entire body weight on your forearm to break the fall. Smart. So I was uh, out of yeah. action for a while. Now, I think between us, we could certainly fill the entire rest of the show with our stupid injuries, like that time I walked into the door and had to go to the hospital, or the time I broke my finger on a basketball, or oh, this cut that I'm currently sporting from the bag of lemons. There's nothing more exciting than watching you come in on a Sunday morning <laughs> with a big your head taped up and some cuts, and we'll go, what happened? No, no, no. Save it for ten past eight. Save it. Save it. <laughs> it's too good. Or the time I burnt my fingerprint off accidentally and can get into the work studio. Or burnt your fingerprint? Some... Yeah. So my old studio, you had to put your fingerprint on to get into the actual building. Very high tech. Yeah. And um, I couldn't do it. Just couldn't get in because the fingerprint had gone because there'd been an accident with the oven the day before. Briggsy said, dislocating my finger, playing rugby league, the greatest game of all. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Then I broke my finger trying to put it back into place. I had a bit the same with the basketball, except the nurse broke it. It's tough up north. I thought it was grim, but it's not as tough. No, it is tough up there. That's where they play rugby league, mate. I've got to say a big hi to Abhishek. He said, not a major one, but I have had to give away with my moustache due to a slip of the razor. And my wife and kids have been smiling ever since. Ooh, Ooh, injury. The tash is gone then. Because the problem is he hasn't shaved in a while and you don't realise how sharp your razor is. You're losing your technique. You're out of form. So he's trying to do it. Next thing you know, you look like a Bond villain. They've got a big <laughs> scar down the side of your cheek. Maria's messaged in as well. I'm always fascinated by juggling at kids' birthday parties, so I tried learning it. But I will never try again because I've broken many things in our house and my flatmates were not happy with the new skill I wanted to learn. Don't try and be juggling 10-pin bowling balls. It's too (laughs) dangerous. Just start with some limes and you're not going to hurt anyone. Today's chat, we're talking about some of those stupid injuries. What are the things that you've been doing or being injured or how have you hurt yourself that people go, what? How did you do that? I like this one from uh, Farhan. He says, hey, George and Kitch, love the show. I dislocated my wrist whilst imitating Brock Lesnar doing his ring jump entry. Now, uh, he is a world-famous wrestler, if you're wondering. I used to love doing moves of my favourite wrestler. You know, you point the finger and then you do the thumb to yourself and then you jump in. You know, do the finger across the neck. Finger across the neck. No, I'm coming for you, Ryland. Yes, and then you jump in. And then you end up in the hospital. Well, you know, wrestlers, true to form. We've got from Pretty on 4009 as well. I can never, when I keep jumping on the bed when I was a child, and I think, where basically jumping on the bed when a kid breaking 
the leg was the end result. And they're not talking about the leg of the bed. No. They mean their own leg. Own leg. Ouch. Uh, hearing that makes me want to go home and jump on my bed to still see if it was just as much fun as when I was a kid. I yeah, reckon, reckon it would, it would be. be yeah. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. We've got any on the Insta, Rog? Yeah, Kira's replied and said, a few years ago I broke my little finger whilst playing Wii tennis with my parents and I hit the ceiling. Yeah, I think there's a lot of Wii Instagram. What is this person, 14 foot tall? (laughs) How are they hitting the ceiling? I would not have that issue ever. There were a lot of TV screens that were broken where people didn't have the safety strap on and they're hitting the ball and then it goes off and then it cracks the screen. Yeah. It's true. And there's a lot of VR-related injuries nowadays where people have got the headset on and they just walk straight forward, bang into the TV. I didn't need a VR headset. I just walked straight into a wall and oh. ended up in the hospital. You but, you know. said, if you had said you had a VR injury, it might have been socially plausible. Next time. Yeah, that's up my sleeve now. Bebron has said, Hey, George and Kitch, really loving the show this morning. I was hit by a car in Karama. I was so desperate for a bargain, I just wasn't even thinking about what I'm doing. Well, that is karma for you in Karama because you've got to focus on what you're doing. But did you get the bargain? I know. Let us know. 4009, did you get the bargain, Bebron, and was it worth it? Priorities. Uh, Isabella has messaged in, my stupid injuries were scratches from my neighbour's cats after annoying it while it was preening. Lol. Love the show. What do they say? Never wake sleeping dogs? Let sleeping dogs and cats lie? I think they say never go near a cat. Yeah, that's true. I think, I think that's the same. Going after world domination. But I think our favourite this morning comes courtesy of Pete. He says, I taught my six-year-old son, while I was teaching my six-year-old son, some footy skills. Uh, he rolled over the ball and bang, ankle ligaments go. Oh, Pete. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast. With George and Kate. I was feeling quite domesticated yesterday, George, because I decided to clean my washing machine. How clean sh- it? Yeah, I had Is that an, a thing you're supposed to do that. Well, yeah, I had an issue because the fabric softener wasn't draining. These are the things that I've now become meticulous about during isolation. So I like to get my my normal flavour, well, flavour's the wrong word, uh, scented <laughs> lavender. I like to get my lavender fabric softener. Are you lavender? 100%. Why would you have anything else but lavender? Just because it reminds me of like. Old people's homes. 4009, what is your favourite fabric softener? If you're with me with lavender, go the lavender boys. But it wasn't draining. So then you'd hear the beeps and then you'd, you'd go to look at the machine and I'm like, I'm not getting any lavender scent here. And then when you'd pull, because I've got a, a front loader, then when you pull the drawer, there's the lavender liquid still in there. Go into radio, they said. People are cool, they said. So I did what you do in 2020, and that is look up YouTube, yeah. what happens when there's no lavender. And then I realised, this is so great, I pulled out the entire part where you put your washing detergent. The tray. The tray. So I pulled out the tray, and underneath you've got like these series of grids upon little holes that sort of suck it up that you need to clean out. So I, got, I went out and bought a really cheap toothbrush, and I also got like a dental floss uh, thingo and I scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed. And then I got the dental floss thing and I poked through the holes and got out all that gunk and dirt that was in there and gave it a really good clean. And then I got some vanilla essence and I wiped it down so it smelt nice and lovely. And then I put the tray back in and then I filled it up with more of my favorite lavender wash and I cleaned it and it worked. So... Ladies, line up at the door because I've finally worked out not only how to make your stuff smell and clean and look good, but I can fix the washing machine as well. You're not very Dubai, though, are you? You should have just moved. This place is broken. I'm no, leaving. I'm changing this. I just it's, it's ingrained in me. I've got to fix it and fix it I did. So if you've got a problem with your washing machine, 4009, I'm here to help.
A productive afternoon. I must apologise to my new neighbours. I expect they already hate me because my blender was on, I think, for about 40 minutes yesterday. Ooh. So I made my own peanut butter, but it was quite noisy. You made your own peanut butter? It's really simple. It's it, super easy. Just nuts? Yeah, put them in the oven for, for about five minutes. So they minutes. soften? So they soften, and then you put them in the blender and just blend until peanut butter is there. How far did you go? Did you leave it a bit crunchy, or did you go all the way smooth? Smooth, all the way smooth. I made a kilogram of it, so apologies. Kilo. Uh, to next door, yes. Joe Wicks, man, he's got me on a lot of peanut butter at the moment, so uh, yeah, so it was a noisy Is afternoon. it sitting in the fridge now with all this thick peanut butter sludge and a l- line of oil at the top? No, there's no, there's no separation. Oh, because it's pure? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's rock and roll here at Dubai 92. <laughs> George and Kitch. On your Dubai 92 breakfast. And it's time for the news quiz with News Nadia from the ARN News Centre. Welcome down. Thank you very much. We need the mastermind thing really on, don't we? But uh, there was Not some... in this studio, no. <laughs> there was some fighting talk coming out of here a few minutes ago. 3-0, I think I heard a prediction. Did I, Kitch? Yeah, I'm just going to envisage it. You know, it's the secret. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to set my goal. I'm going to change the energy. I'm going to 3-0. It works for the likes of Djokovic and Nadal. It'll work for you. It is. That's yes. exactly where I got it from. The Joker. <laughs> inspiring me. All right, hurry. I'm going to take the questions. Right no, no, no. Buzzers, buzzers, oh, buzzers. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm putting up my tree when I get home tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas time, which is going to be done with this year. This is mine. Raves for an hour, then home by 6pm. Oh, the dream. (laughs) Was that you and Ibiza? No, that was the club that's just reopened in the Netherlands. Ah, yes. Where you go for the afternoon and sit on a yeah, chair. Yeah, sit there, social distancing, listening to a DJ. Lovely. Right. Uh, very, very... OK, right. Enough of the, enough of the fun stuff. Let's, uh, let's get down to your buzzers. OK, so question number one. The Abu Dhabi Stem Cell Centre has a brand new, first of its kind in the Middle East, Helios Mass Cytometer. What has it been nicknamed? <laughs> what? I've got You're looking particularly blank. A brand new, all singing, all dancing, high tech machine that was installed in there, and the staff gave it an affectionate name. I'll give you a Raves clue. for an hour, and then home by 6 pm. Harry Helios. No, it was a car. What? Oh. I'm putting up my tree when I get home tonight. Lamborghini. Yes. Oh, yes. nice. <laughs> Sorry, too obscure. Right, let's take it down a little bit. Can we? (laughs) The youngest Emirati citizen was recently repatriated to the UAE. How old was baby Zena? I'm putting up my tree when I get home tonight. Uh, You were first there, George. Two months. Yes. Yes. Good. One all. One all. Okay. The UAE ranks among the safest places in the world Uh, to live. I'm putting up my tree when I get home tonight. (laughs) Go on then. I'm going to say 11. Legs 11, yes. Absolutely right. Spot on. Two, two, one. Switzerland was one. Germany, two. Two. Good. You've been swatting all night, haven't There's you? There's no big, extra points to be had from this. You're big girl. Sometimes she does throw in an extra point. You are you do a that, big girl. I do. I like to be unpredictable. You're a big girly swat. Okay. In which area of Dubai are the authorities using artificial intelligence Waves with cameras? for an hour, and then yeah, home by 6pm. Silicon Oasis. Yes. To all. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Everything Time to play for. for. Trigger finger here. A 10,000-bed quarantine facility opened this week in the UAE, but in which emirate is it? Uh, I'm putting up my tree when I get home tonight. Brilliant. Abu Dhabi. Yes, you got you. it. Thank you. What happened to you? I feel very bad for George because her buzzer clearly didn't buzz. It was a technical error, but you know what? Them's the brakes. No, try it again. Ray. Uh, I'm putting up my tree when I get home tonight. Mine just overrides you. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Try it again. Try it Raves. Again, Raves. 
I'm putting up my tree when I get home tonight. Well, bad luck, George. I won again. Thanks, Nadia. Good to see you. <laughs> seven up after seven. News Quiz returns again next Thursday. George and Kitch. On your Dubai 92 breakfast. Cheers for listening. Give us a like, subscribe and share and email us with anything that you've got. Breakfast at Dubai92.com. And I will not accept anything else but a five-star rating. That is the only thing you can put. Breakfast at Dubai92.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast from your Dubai 92. Listen live across the UAE on the Dubai 92 app at Dubai92.com or 92FM on your radio.